Well, good morning again. I know uh, a few weeks ago I asked everybody to kind of give us some dad quotes, quotes from your, from your dad, and uh, some of you turned some in. And uh, the reason why I, I wanted to do that is for, for one reason, guys love to give advice. I'm the only one in here. No, I, I, uh, I have my wife and, my, and I have all three daughters, so guys, they don't quite understand that guys love to fix things. They like to, you know, so my wife will tell me her day, and, and I'll, I'll start off by wanting to fix it, you know, and, and she'll say, I don't want you to fix it, I just want you to hug me. And I'd say, why didn't you tell me that? Because I can fix that, I can hug you. Guys like to fix things, and it comes out in a lot of sayings. So uh, here's some of the, here's some of the uh, sayings. Sitting, not sitting, but sitting, is easier than it used to be. I like that. Uh, I, I kind of relate to that one. Uh, Any fool can spend money, but it takes a wise man to save it. Don't doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Well, that's a good one, isn't it? You can't win a race on the first lap. Well, that's true, isn't it? I like this one. Fix it right, or you'll have to fix it again later. I, that sounds like the, the voice of experience there, doesn't it? Your name is all you have, so you better protect it. And I, here, here, I think this might be my favorite. Always wave at state troopers and old farmers. <laughs> There's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? You know, my father-in-law, he, he used to, when I first started hanging around him, he, he would just be driving down the road, and anybody he'd pass, he, he did the two-finger wave. Hey, hey. He wasn't saying peace, he was like, hey, you know. And, and I wondered why he did that, but, you know, if you're friendly to everybody, you never know when, you're gonna, when they're going to come across your path. That's great advice, isn't it? You know, the scripture itself is filled with a lot of advice, not just advice, but fatherly advice, heavenly father advice. In the passage of scripture that was just read, that we, we have been talking about this thing called being, being filled with the, uh, wow, Look at that. Now, let's see if I can uh, go the other way. There we go. Wasn't it great how the Holy Spirit just let the music just go? <laughs> that was so cool. And I know if I go backward again, he'll do it again. It's great. Uh, Isaiah 55, we're talking about this life, this spirit-filled, spirit-led life. And, and Isaiah, some 700 plus years before Christ ever came on the scene, he said, Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. And we said last week in John 7, 37 through 39, that Jesus stood on that day, the last day of the great feast, and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. Jesus was, was fulfilling this passage of Scripture in John's chapter 7, some 700 plus years after this was written. And, and he said, 
the scripture says Jesus was speaking of the Holy Spirit, which was not yet given, because he was not yet glorified. The Holy Spirit was given after the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. I don't think that, that we, you and I, or humanity in general, understand, comprehend, or even can fathom what it means to have the presence of the living God abiding in us. Jesus said, if that same spirit which dwelled in Christ, or Paul rather, which dwelled in Christ dwells in you or lives in you, it shall quicken or make alive your mortal body at his return. When Christ comes back and the trumpet sounds, the one ingredient, the one part of your being that is going to hear the trumpet and allow you to arise and meet the Lord in the air is the Spirit of God living in you. It's the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. And we have this great invitation to, to come and, and, and partake and, and have this relationship with the creator of the heavens and the earth that that we can have the very presence of Christ in us does that boggle your mind that the creator of the heavens and the earth that you don't have to go to a temple in Jerusalem or anywhere else to find him but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that you get to live with him and talk with him and, and commune with him and listen to him and tell your problems to him and by the way God likes to fix things too he'll also hug you but I think he would rather fix things Think about this. We get to have this relationship with him. And then in this passage of scripture, he says, man, come on to me. And then he, then he gives some fatherly advice. Look what he says. Why? Why spend money on what is not bread? And why labor on what does not satisfy? He poses this question. He says, why are you spending money and your labor on things that will not profit you. We have a tendency in our, in our lives to, to spend time and money on things that bring little or no value to the kingdom of heaven or to the eternal value. We spend things on uh, money and, and, and things on, on trivial things because as humans, we kind of like instant gratification. We, we like to, the distractions of life. And I... I I'm not against the distractions of life. I like to watch a movie from time to time, but the reality is, knowing me, I can watch too many movies and end up not having, spending my time in the things that really matter or the desires of life. We like to please ourselves in this one, in, Jesus, in this life. And Jesus is speaking through the Scripture, and he's saying, why spend money... Why spend and why labor? Because both of them are going to cost you. We spend our time. We spend our resources. We labor and spend our energy and our focus on other things that really just don't matter. And Jesus, or the, the scripture is posing a question. Our Heavenly Father is asking us, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to spend your time on things that will bring no value to you? 
remember one year, my, my father-in-law, we helped him build a house in Arkansas, and my brother-in-law and I were building a fence, a wood fence, but it, it wasn't just any fence because my father-in-law had a piece of land and used to be a, a pond, and they drained it, and it was hard ground, and he wanted a fence 240 feet straight across. So we were out there with post hole diggers in the middle of summer just trying to get this fence in, and I remember his brother, my father-in-law's brother, Uncle Jim, pulled up, parked up on the hill, got out, and was sitting on the tailgate of his truck, sipping an iced tea. Uncle Jim was an engineer, worked for the highway department. And uh, so, so we're over there just laboring away, sweating away, and he's just over there in the shade on the back of his tailgate, just drinking his iced tea. And I remember looking over at him and saying, Uncle Jim, you see anything wrong? He said, well, no, you can do it that way. <laughs> and I realized right then, there was a better way to do it. He was being polite. Yeah, I learned that day about tandems. Oh, it was great. And it, it was amazing, but, but he was saying, you can do it that way, but why are you doing it that way? And, and, and I, I think that's what the scripture is saying here. Why spend money on what is not bread or on and work and work and toil and toil on things that are just never going to really satisfy you? I think God is really saying to us, hey, there's a better way. There is a better way. See, this passage of Scripture, God is calling us into a symbiotic relationship with the, His Spirit. That, that you and I have this opportunity to, we can either try to chart our own destiny, and we can try to, to make our way through this life, or we can live in harmony and relationship with the Holy Spirit. We get to choose. We, we can go through this life trying to measure out our own and, and do our own thing and try to chart our own course. But the scripture says it's just going to be a lot of labor and a lot of money and it's not going to satisfy you. We can spend all of our resources and, and use all of our strength on earthly things. But at the end of the day, it's really just not going to prosper us at all. Or we can spend our, th our time and labor on spiritual things. This is what the scripture tells us, Jesus speaking. He said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That passage of Scripture is talking about that the Lord knows that we have need of food and clothing and everything else in this life. And he doesn't say, don't seek those things. He said, make sure that you have the right priority. That you seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. And then all of these other things will be added to you. If you have your focus and priority right, if you put God first, then everything else is going to work out. You say, well, how does that, how does that work? Well, if you put the kingdom of heaven first, you're going to put 
God first, you're going to put God's ways first, and that's going to flow over into your relationship that you have with business partners and everybody else in this life. That if you are putting God first and God is righteous, that you are going to be righteous and you're going to do what is right, and your relationships with others are going to be in right uh, relationship, and, and you're going to prosper. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. Well, what is the kingdom of heaven, you may ask. And I'm really glad that you said, asked me that. Paul said in Romans 4, 17, he says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. In other words, it's not the things of this life. But it's righteousness, it's peace and joy. Think about it. In the Holy Spirit. You know what the kingdom of heaven is? The kingdom of heaven according to Paul, is that symbiotic relationship you have with the Holy Spirit. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to live and rule and reign in your life. It is, that, it is not just doing right, but being right. See, Scripture tells us to listen. He said, listen, really listen to me. See, listening costs us nothing. It just requires us not talking. Have you ever noticed you can't hear and talk at the same time? You ever, you ever uh, talk to somebody and then, and then while they're talking, you're not really paying attention, you're just thinking about what you're going to say next? Because you didn't get a chance to finish what you wanted to say? I wonder if sometimes if I do that to God. I, in fact, I know I do. I give God all, all the stuff I, that I have problem with, and then, and then while he's trying to speak to me through his word or through his spirit, that I just, I'm so focused on what else I'm going to tell him and how, how he should fix it, how he should solve it. God, I really need this, and here's, here's how I think that you should do it. Uh, you know, it doesn't really work that way. Seek first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Our priorities must lay with the kingdom of God. See, living this, this spirit-led and spirit-filled life is essential if we're going to put the kingdom of heaven first. If you want to do what Jesus said and seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is here. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the king lives within us. The Holy Spirit that lives in us, that guides us. We have the word of God and we have the spirit of God. And when we begin to live in harmony with the spirit of God in us, amazing things begin to happen. See, the spirit-filled life requires us to be right with God and to do right, to be right and to do right. And you say, well, what is the difference between being right and doing right? Being right has to do with your character. Doing right has to do with your actions. Doing right is righteousness, being, doing what is right. Being right is holiness. Doesn't the scripture say that there is none holy? Not even one? So how can we be holy? Except we have 
the Holy Spirit ruling and reigning in us. We are made in the image of God. We're body, soul, and spirit. Don't you love that? Sometimes when, you know, sometimes I argue with my, with my flesh, with my body, because my body, my flesh, has a curse pronounced on it, and it doesn't want to do the things that God wants me to do. And you ever argue with yourself? You ever have your flesh want to do one thing, but you know that you don't want to, and you want to do what God wants you to do? See, when the Lord comes back and we, get, and we have that new body, uh, that nature is going to be done away with, which is, I, I look at that and I, it, oh, I revel. And, and I just can't wait for that time when, when I have a thought and my flesh says, yes, let's do it. And my flesh never wants to do anything that's against God. But until then, I will wrestle with it, same as you. But we, are, we have this, this relationship in us that, that our flesh wants to do one thing and, and, the, and the Spirit of God wants to do another. And it really just comes down to who are you going to be obedient to? Are you going to be obedient to the Holy Spirit or are you going to be obedient to your flesh, to the desires of this life? It only comes down to one or the other. Paul said it this way. He said, the things that I would do, I, I, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things that I'm doing. What, what was he saying? He said, I have this inner war going on in me all the time to be right, to do right. And, and, and when I listen to the voice of God and I allow myself to be subject to the presence of God, the Bible says when we, when we act in faith and in obedience to what the Lord is saying, it's accounted unto us as righteousness. The scripture tells us that there is none that are righteous, no, not one. There's none that are holy except from God. So how can we be holy and how can we be righteous unless we are listening to and being obedient to the presence of God in us? It's imperative, it's important that the spirit-filled life requires us to be right and do right. In Luke 15, Luke 15 tells us a great story. Jesus tells us the story of the prodigal son. There was a, a father that had two sons, a younger and an older, and the younger one said, Dad, give me all my stuff. I want to take off. I want to go party. So his dad gave him half of everything he owned. And, and the scripture tells us that he went off and, and squandered it in a different country in riotous living. In other words, he was doing whatever he wanted to do with whomever he wanted to do it with. And eventually he ran out of money. This is just a side note, but we as Christians sometimes can get away from the Lord and kind of do our own thing. And if you ever noticed, if you've ever walked away from the Lord or started charting your own course, that all that love and that goodness and that virtue that you feel inside begins to drain? You don't want to know why? Because you've detached yourself from the source. And it's not yours. You don't have an unlimited supply of love and grace and goodness. 
That's why Jesus said, as long as you abide in me and I abide in you, it's essential that we stay connected with the Lord. So here's this young man, and he went out and spent everything he had, and then he had nothing, and then all of his friends abandoned him, and he found himself eating the husks of corn that he was feeding to pigs. And he, the Bible says he had an epiphany. And he said, hey, in my father's house, the servants eat better than I do. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my father, and I am going to tell him I'm no longer worthy to be his son, and I will be his servant for the rest of my life. And that's what he did. He went back. But when the father saw him a long way off, the Bible says his father ran to him and hugged him and put a, a robe around him and put the family ring insignia on his hand and brought him in and killed the, the fatted calf and had a celebration. And it was just an, an amazing thing because when, when the son saw the father, he said, Father, I am no longer worthy to be called your son, but, uh, and, and just asked for forgiveness. See, he had done what was wrong, but now his heart had come back to where he needed to be. Script, uh, the scripture goes on to say that the older son, which had never left the father, had always done what the father had asked him to do. When he heard that his brother was back and that his father was having a big celebration for, his, for him, he got mad. He was ticked. So the dad went out. He wouldn't even go in the house. He wouldn't even go in and, and get a glass of Kool-Aid. He was mad. And so his father came out and said, well, why are you mad? He said, because all of these years I've served you and I've done everything that you've asked me to do. And now my brother comes back, that rotten scoundrel that wasted half of everything. And, and now he's back and, and you're treating him like a king. And the father looked at him and said, you know, you've always had everything here. But he was dead and now he's alive. So let me ask you, that's a great story. We know that the, the father is God. Let me ask you, what was wrong with the younger son? What was wrong with the older son? See, we look at that scripture and we say, well, well, certainly I don't want to be like the younger son because, you know, he left, he left God. He ran and did his own, ran his own course and, and ruined his life and came back. And the scripture doesn't say that, that, he, was, that he received any more inheritance because he'd already spent his inheritance. But, but he was safe in his father's house. So in, in, in many regards, there's a story of redemption there that no matter how far away we have gotten from God, that, that we can always come back to him and he is always going to receive us when we bow our knee and confess in our heart that we are just not worthy. It doesn't matter where you've been, doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter what you've said, who you've hurt, the things that you have offended yourself or God or others. Our God is loving and kind and he will not cast anybody away. I love that part of the story. But what about 
the older son that had never done anything displeasing to his father, had always done what was right, but was completely wrong. Because did you notice his heart? He was doing what was right to please his father, but his motivation was wrong. It's easy to say, well, I, I have always, I've always served the Lord and I've always done what is right. And it's, always, it's, it's easy to look right on the outside and be wrong on the inside. That's why it's important, it's essential that we, as God's people, realize that a life without obedience to the Holy Spirit will cast us either as the younger son as the, or the older son. And to be honest, I don't want to be either one of them. I want to be that son that is pleasing to the father, that not only has a desire to do what is right, but actually is obedient to what the Lord is asking me to do. And the only way, the only way that you and I can do that is through obedience to the Holy Spirit, allowing the presence of God to live and rule and reign in you. You can say, well, I have the Word of God, and I'll just, I'll just live by the Word of God. I don't need the Spirit of God. Good luck with that. There's been a lot of strong-willed people that have tried to follow the Word of God without the Spirit of God, and their, and their life is ruined and a wreck. So you can't just have the Word of God, nor can you just have the Spirit of God. It takes the Spirit and the Word. It takes being right and doing right. And when we have both of them in our lives, and we begin to be obedient to what the Lord is asking us to do, why are you spending all your time, effort, and energy, your money, and your talent, and everything else that I have given you, why are you spending it on things that don't really matter? Just listen if you eat and partake from me, that is what will satisfy you. Scripture is, is very plain, it's very personal, it's very intimate. That our Father is saying, if you eat the food that I have prepared you, you'll never want and you'll never I'm going to ask our praise team to come. On this Father's Day, on of all the great advice that fathers like to give, here's our Heavenly Father, and He is inviting us. Come. Partake of what I have prepared for you. Don't labor on the things of this life. Don't spend all your time and effort and energy on the things of this world. But seek first. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. And then these other things are going to be added to you. Seek first. What is the kingdom of heaven? It's righteousness. It's peace. It's joy in the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me today?
I just want to ask you a quick question. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to live and rule in you? When you say, well, yeah, most of the stuff. Well, the, the key word there is most. And the Lord wants all. And you say, well, are any of us there? And I would say, no. We're not. There's that little part of us, always, that the Lord is working on that says, come to me. Lay that aside and come to me. And whether it's finance or family or relationship, it doesn't really matter whatever we're trying to produce in our own life apart from the Spirit of God is futility and a waste of time and energy. Seek first what the Lord wants from you. Seek first what God has planned for us. And then amazing things will come about.